Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo, this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.wellineux.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Hi there, wonderful listeners. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And together we are the Wellness Women. And this week we are going to talk all about uh, gut health and gut feelings as to what uh, is going on inside. So today's episode is really cool because we're going to start to talk about uh, all the, the little things in, the, in life and in health. And uh, these are the, the trillions of bugs that are sitting within us, what they do for us in regards to health, how they affect our health, um, and obviously some things we can be doing to help nurture and uh, heal and repair our guts because there's just so many people suffering problems, isn't there, Andrea? Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to dive into, this is a pretty big topic again, um, so bear with us, but I'm hoping that you can see the kind of journey that we're taking you on um, sort of through the, the recent week. So bear with us. Uh, I know for me in practice, gut issues are probably next to fatigue, the the highest rating concern for a lot of my patients. Is that pretty true for you as well, Ashley? Absolutely. And interestingly, how uh, they're usually things that are not mentioned and it's not until you start to get into some tests and checks and ask those questions and dive a bit deeper and you find out that maybe, for example, it's normal for someone to not go to the bathroom for two or three days. Or they're that going... is not normal. Yeah, Can you no. imagine the toxic mess that would exist in somebody's body if they're not having a bowel movement for three days. Well, we know um, this, and this is what we're here to talk about today because we yeah. really want to um, you know, help you understand why correct gut function is essential, not just for, you know, going to the toilet comfortably and easily, but for your entire existence. I mean, everything down to moods, how you um, process and assimilate foods, so the energy levels you get from those foods, your weight, your skin health, your hair health. I mean, it's just really, really big. Even your hormonal health as well. So your gut health will drive a lot of that. Um, It's really interesting. It was Hippocrates that said all diseases start or begin in the gut. Um, and we're going to really break that down and explain how that is the case. And all the science is now showing us that a lot of the inflammatory markers, a lot of autoimmune conditions are all gut related disorders and may actually predispose a lot of these conditions themselves. Um, but this topic is so bloody confusing. And this is why we've brought it up today, because I'm sure you've all seen or heard of, um, you know, these new buzz diets like FODMAPs, GATS, you might've heard of SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, leaky gut syndrome, dysbiosis. Uh, I'm sure, you know, we've all experienced varying degrees of irritable bowel syndrome or, you know, viruses, parasites, candida, the whole works and the list goes on and on. And there's so many books and diets and fads around gut health that may not actually address uh, the underlying issue 
or delve deep enough to really fix um, what we need to have great things for good gut health. And this is where we're going to talk now about the microbiome. So let's just define quickly what the gut is. Now, the gut itself is a continuous tube from the mouth and the oral cavity all the way through to the other end, go downstairs to the <laughs> anus. It's not just your small and large intestines. It's no. the whole way through. Yep. Yeah, and it's a continuous tube, and it literally has, you know, um, a, a start and a finish there. But actually, that tissue then wraps around us as a human body, around to our skin as well. So we're like these two inside-out tubes inside. And, I mean, just, you know, obviously a huge volume of, of gut uh, distance is travelled before something goes from the start to the finish. So that's why making sure the gut itself is so healthy is so important because there's a lot of little jobs to be done in there um, which have a, a big bearing on our health and well-being. So Andrea, tell us about the microbiome. So that essentially is a term um, that refers to the uh, ecology of your microorganisms or that diversity within your gastrointestinal tract of all the good bugs and these actually outnumber us 10 to 1. So I think a the human body has about 100 trillion cells. The amount of good bugs that we have in our bowel is 10 times that. And their DNA absolutely outnumbers the us even more. Ash, do you have the actual, the actual figure on that? Because it's astounding. So we could actually say we are more bacteria than human. <laughs> And that's true. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a 10 to 1 ratio, more, more bacteria than human cells. Yeah. Um, what that equates to is about two kilograms of gut microbia. So just in the gut alone. But not two kilograms that you'd want to lose. You know, that, No, that needs this is two kilos that we will have, hopefully, to the day we, we leave this world because uh, we need those gut bugs, certainly. So the microbiome has a symbiotic relationship with the rest of our body, which means that its functions are beneficial to us and what we do is also beneficial to them. Um, and what we're finding out is that this microbiome drives so much of our health and a dysregulation of that will also drive dishealth or you know disease I should say um it, so we really should just be one big happy family one big community of all these <laughs> cells working together and that's symbiosis isn't it like yeah. happy families happy community and so our gut uh, is is supposed to be a happy healthy microbial community and it is so much more than just you know your everyday probiotics or your, your cult that you grab off the uh, the supermarket um shelf um which is full of sugar by the way but your microbiome is not just acidophilus and bifidus, okay? It's not the things that you can get from your yogurt. It is the 700 different species of bugs that exist within our entire gastrointestinal tract and also on the outside of the surface as well, so on our skin too. I actually think there's a whole lot more than that because um, the breast milk alone has 700, oh, 700 bugs. Maybe so, that's where I got that number from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So look, I think there's a whole lot more than that. But I think what we're going to talk about as well is, you know, so we're talking about, good good bugs bad bugs balance of good and bad where does it all start like when do we actually start to discover that our body has a whole lot more to it where we know that this microbiome exists and we know that that comes right back down into the uterus yeah. that's you know into the birth process itself and even before that, so the, the preconceptive health of the mother and her gut flora and function will actually drive the colonization of bub as well. So that's why looking after your body 
well before having baby is so important for this reason as well. And that's why we're just so passionate about women's health in general, aren't we? Because it doesn't matter what age you are, every step of the way through your lifetime, there is an absolutely important reason to be looking after yourself. Because if it's not just for going through puberty, it's for, you know, preconception, it's for pregnancy, it's for post-birth, it's for, you know, maturation. It's just, we care. We care that uh, we see this developing this journey um i guess unfold as beautifully as it should and we should all experience that that beauty as well and nature is certainly perfect in its design in the sense that uh, you know the actual birthing process really starts off that colonization for bub um so when bub descends into the vaginal canal the way the skull or the ox or the skull pushes against the cecum or you know mum's bowel will actually evacuate some fecal matter which has part of those bugs which are essential for baby and also coming descending down through the vaginal canal as well will help to colonize with the uh, vaginal flora as well now unfortunately these days a lot of babies don't come down the natural way you know in an ideal world uh, every bub is born out through the vagina but we know that's not the case um, c-section rates have increased for every number of different reasons so i guess you know for anyone who's seeing me going hang on my bubs are, are c-section bubs um yeah look it's important to address the the microbial uh colonies that are required from the vagina and that's why now you start to see things like vaginal swabbing and rubbing babies after birth in you know the vaginal microbes because they're trying to simulate the birth canal process aren't they which is awesome that they've acknowledged that and you know i do certainly would love for all babies to be born vaginally but sometimes that's not possible and if you've already had babies in any other form and you're going oh geez what am i going to do now um, it's okay there are ways to address that afterwards but this is just an ideal world kind of scenario that we're talking about here because that vaginal birth process really does activate a baby's Immune system. And their immune system. Certainly, and it's shown that uh, C-section babies, unfortunately, have got an increased risk to more allergies, more asthma, and even obesity. So it's just so important to address this um, microbial imbalance in the body. Um, let's have a look then at some of the things that we start to see. I mean, let's talk day to day. I'm going to tell you a little story about this because this is kind of funny just to start to see the differences, how we all have different uh, colonies of bugs on our body. My husband and I love going out bush. We love going camping. And and um, we're in Africa and of course it's not a place where you want to get bitten by mosquitoes so we were, we were taking as many precautions as we can with regards to you know safe products as well but um, we're in this place called Matowumbu and it basically means mosquito river and my poor husband just got mauled by mosquitoes. <laughs> he had everything <laughs> on, he had you know clothing, everything to protect but somehow these things just just went to him. Meanwhile, I got a few little bites here and there, but nothing like what he did. And I just couldn't And we always laugh and go, you're just tastier. You must be, you must be tastier because they always like you and they don't really care much as they do about he me. your best mosquito repellent. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they all run, run over him. But look, what that's actually, you know, some science studies show that the people who tend to get bitten more often actually have different microbes on the skin that are attractive to mosquitoes. And so, you know, I always used to think it was the tastier blood, but in fact, it's actually the tastier microbes that are on the skin as an attraction uh, to those. So there Isn't you go. Amazing. So the skin is contiguous with, you know, your gastrointestinal system. Yes. Because of the microbiome and that film that's there. There you go. So that will just start amazing. to give you, you know, a better understanding of how this is all connected inside to outside. And hence people with, you know, gut problems um, may start to really not show gut problems, but instead show 
other problems, don't they? So let's talk about some of the problems that you might be experiencing if you were to have a problem with your gut or your gut balance. So there's certain digestive issues, obviously the, the basics. I mean, we're talking about gas and bloating, um, things like diarrhea or a diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome. And uh, IBS used to be just an umbrella term that was purely given as um, a exclusion of every single other potential gastrointestinal disease that they could not diagnose someone with. So it was essentially a diagnosis of exclusion. Um, and doctors used to tell patients that it's all in your head, but now... Um, they actually may have been a little bit more right than what because of the gut brain access, but we'll talk about that in a moment. However, um, it's now very clearly documented. There's signs and symptoms that go with IBS, um, and it's related to a whole bunch of different things, but certainly bloating is the biggest one um, and a sense of ease after passing wind or having a bowel movement um, you know going back and forth between constipation and diarrhea regularly so within a month you might have more episodes than not of you know upset upset bowel um, yeah. but it goes a lot further than that as well so you, imagine if you don't have any gut symptoms yeah. some of the other things you might be seeing that uh, are an indication that your gut health is not okay it's not 100 they can include things like seasonal allergies and asthma mm -hmm. um you mentioned as well hormonal imbalances yeah. PMS, polycystic ovarian syndrome and there's some really big layers here which we're not going to undo all of them right now but just to give you an idea that if you have these concerns if you have these problems or someone you know has these problems they may need to be looking at the gut as a solution to help the body heal and repair from the inside out now that's what we are all about we're really all about um, the inside out healing approach hopefully not dumping toxins and chemicals in trying to weed and poison things we're actually trying to promote the internal health and regulation of the body to let it do what's born to do you know yeah, which is absolutely brilliant of healing i mean there's other stuff i mean this is the the really big one the diagnosis of autoimmune disorders yeah and these include things like rheumatoid arthritis uh sle systemic lupus erythematosus or you know you might not hear about lupus thyroid diseases such as hashimoto's thyroiditis um oh what have we got crohn's colitis even type 1 diabetes yes um and the list goes on and on um now we're going to get into um, leaky gut syndrome in a moment and how that's synonymous with autoimmune conditions um but there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's also related to you know, this gut function, including a lot of skin disorders. So psoriasis, eczema, allergies, rashes, um, acne. Yeah, absolutely. Rosacea. Um, what else? Oh, candida overgrowth is a classic as well. Yep. And strangely enough, it can actually be, um, some mood and mindset disorders as well. Definitely. And that can be things like depression, anxiety, and including things like ADD, ADHD in children, and also potentially a link to autism and yeah. autistic spectrum disorders. Yeah. So it is big. I mean, anyone who's got chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, you need to be looking into the gut um, health as well to ensure that you're giving yourself every opportunity to overcome these disorders and allow your body to do what it needs to do, which is heal and repair. All right, so that's a whole host of things that uh, can give you some indication as to what's going on. But how does this happen? So how do we disrupt, you know, our microbiome or our awesome gut flora? And I think the number one thing people straight away know of, and that's the big one, that's antibiotics, yeah. which is, you know, going to kill out 
the the bad guys that are in your body, but at the same time, it wipes out a lot of the good guys as well that you you have endemically that are already in you. So that's the that's a huge one. So if you've ever taken antibiotics or you had multiple courses of antibiotics and you've never done anything to heal or repair the gut, then this is absolutely important you keep listening right now yeah so studies have suggested that you actually can't recover the loss of good flora and that microbiotic um, diversity after antibiotic use without therapeutic intervention supplementation yeah essentially. Mm. so you know good pre and probiotic use and uh, looking at all the other things to help support their microbiome which we're going to shortly um, the next big thing is um, actually the oral contraceptive pill really disrupts the the gut flora as well um, which is a bit of a paradox considering we need that for good hormonal function as well so it's that double whammy there the other one is you know your other drugs like your non-steroidal anti-inflammatories um, other pharmaceutical medications as well yeah, painkillers just some of the standard things that we think are very um yeah unaffecting in in most ways we just don't realize they're damaging us inside out um even though its effect is that you lose you know the pain that you had meantime though other things have been happening as well hence the reason a lot of people know that you know taking um the the anti-inflammatories is dangerous to the gut health it can cause a lot of problems in there and that's why they're often only given in short courses so you shouldn't be taking them more than a couple of days at a time everything you put in your mouth will either benefit your gut health or detract from it so you know we've just done a whole episode on sugar Sugar processed and refined foods will really feed the bad bugs and disrupt, you know, your good microbiome. And I like to say that anything that's white, so yes. you've got your yes. bread, your sugar, you know, your pasta, anything that comes in a white form is probably the refined carbohydrate that your bad bugs love. So if you want to keep feeding them, keep eating those things. If you want to look after your gut, then you need to start to reduce and eliminate some of those things that are fueling the fire of, of bugs inside you. Um, chronic stress and chronic infections as well yes. will upset all of this. Um, as know. well as lack of dietary fiber. Yeah, yeah. Um, both soluble and insoluble, and that's pretty important for uh, helping to get things moving as well. Uh, and proper hydration too, because mm. with fiber you need lots and lots of water to help you know get that motility going and hydrate your gut so i think you guys are all getting the feeling now that uh you know we, we come back to the same topics again and again and again why because they are the key pillars of health we know this to be true we come back to the same stuff because once you get this you will start to take control of your life and take control of your health too a really big one as well is your environmental toxins or your food toxins like gluten, wheat, that's a podcast on its own, and you know, seed oils as well. And I hope you can see the journey we've kind of taken you on here. We did our, our wellness lifestyle makeover, talking about your environmental toxins, your cleaning products, the things you're using in the household, why that's so disruptive to your health, which is also really disruptive to your microbiome, which is a big driver of health as well. So keep that one in mind. And so we're going to jump into now the two key elements of gut health. You've got two things. One, is gut flora and that's the microorganisms that live within and number two is the gut barrier and that's the semi-permanent membrane of your gut and of course anything that disturbs that or harms that which can lead then into the big topic we're about to discuss now which is leaky gut syndrome or the leaky gut and the reason this is so important so that barrier around your gastrointestinal tract what's it what it's trying to do it should be forming a barrier between the things you put into your body and the rest of your system so that's why you know the gut is seen as that tube from mouth to you know anus or endpoint um, and that's stopping anything that shouldn't be in there from not getting into the rest of our bloodstream and disrupting our health 
health. Now, with you know all the things we've already mentioned, so toxins, um, you know, sugar, gluten, food intolerances, all of that sort of thing is going to create disruptions in that permeable membrane of the gut itself and will allow things to pass through that barrier that shouldn't be. So, you know, large molecules and proteins that will then amount an immune response from our body because it's foreign and it shouldn't be there. So that then drives inflammation. Okay. And, uh, and we know inflammation is a uh, precursor to all major chronic diseases and illnesses isn't it and systemic inflammation has such a damaging effect on our body premature aging i mean the the component of uh, inflammation is a big focus of a lot of modern medicine and ayurvedics right now is to how we reduce inflammation naturally hence the reason you're saying to hear things of you know fish oils and turmeric but we'll go through at the end all the solutions we think are going to be the most suitable for you to help heal your gut and repair that gut um let's talk as well then of course from there you've got the the leaky gut Symptoms. We've seen it. We know it's gas bloating and all those other signs and a lot of the things we just talked about. Yeah, um, but it goes a lot further than that. You can have leaky gut without actually having those gut symptoms, which is really important to think about. So everything else we've mentioned, like the skin issues, um, you know, the eczema, acne, um, mood disorders. But we did mention the autoimmune conditions and massive inflammation. Um, so, you know, that initiated immune response um, from the material that shouldn't be there is very much associated with conditions like Hashimoto's and type 1 diabetes. And it's actually seen as being a predisposing factor to developing autoimmunity. And, you know, everyone has heard of this now. Everyone's, you know, knows someone who has some kind of autoimmune condition. It's such a chronic um, epidemic within, you know, Western society now. And what autoimmunity means is that the body is not identifying bad stuff from its own stuff, so from self. And so its own little army is starting to attack its own tissues because it can't differentiate what, what's good and bad. So it's a bit confused there. Mm. It's probably the best way I can describe, you know, autoimmune conditions. And you know what? This is not fringe science. This is well-documented, well-designed scientific studies, um, you know, that have really good integrity as well, that show that the intestinal barrier is a main factor in autoimmune disease. Yeah, and that leads into what um, the emerging field of science is, which is neurogastroenterology. And now we're starting to look at some things called, you know, obviously blood-brain barrier, the gastroenteric nervous system, like all of these things that are connecting our gut directly, not indirectly, but directly to the brain itself. And this is when, I guess, you know, just to bring you back into sort of a scenario that you might, you know, have uh, experienced yourself, have you ever had a gut feeling? And we, we use this word gut feeling. You know, somebody will, it'll be butterflies, maybe your tummy feels like it's in knots. Or if someone made you to make a choice, a big decision on something, and they say, look, go with your gut. That's how profound the gut influence is on the brain. So profound, in fact, it's actually considered the second brain. And so now we're talking about two brains. We're talking about the brain inside our skull and the information because of the huge vascular and neurological supply to the gut that essentially forms a second brain within our body. Um, And that's pretty interesting, but also incredibly exciting because some of the things we've always classically treated in, for example, um, neuropsychology or or psychiatry uh, focus mostly on the brain itself 
the psychiatrist is starting to look and listen a bit more carefully as to how the gut can influence mood disorders as well as uh, psychiatric disorders. And I know, Andrew, you have a, a story about that too, don't you? Yeah, there's been some really fascinating studies that are coming out that are supporting the use of fecal matter transplants, and it's exactly as it sounds. Um, so they're identifying. Gross. It sounds yeah, gross, but, it, it but does sound when gross. you start to see the results, just wait there. Just we're not really freaking out there, people. We're talking about the results, okay? We're scientists first and foremost. And uh, there's certainly a very um, hygienic way to sort of go about this, um, but it is, you know, like I said, exactly what it sounds like. So fecal matter transplants are used in patients um, where they've identified a serious disruption in the microbiome, and they've taken fecal matter from very healthy individuals, uh, you know, changed it and and put it in a pill form that that they can then digest to help recolonize their gut. And I've read some studies showing that patients with severe psychosis and mental illness have had complete resolution of their psychiatric symptoms with nothing else than the the fecal matter transplant. I have experienced this in my own practice with some of my patients for treatment of uh, gastrointestinal um, disruptions like colitis, Crohn's disease, and a whole host of other conditions, and it's been quite successful. So it's pretty amazing. And the reason is that we talked about this before, it goes so much further than just probiotics because at the moment there doesn't actually exist you know, a human probiotic. And no, because they're mostly bovine probiotics. Yeah, yeah. so they're mostly from cows. You can get, you know, dairy-free versions, but they have never created a human probiotic. And this is what most people don't understand. You know, the bugs you're putting in your gut are not human-specific gut bugs and this is how they're, you know, using the fecal matter transplant um, to kind of initiate that. And the science is really exciting. Uh, so and the, yeah, watch the, this space. <laughs> yeah, the outcome, phenomenal. Really exciting stuff. So um, let's talk a bit about the gut-brain axis because yes. of how your whole nervous system is affected by what's going on in the gut and vice versa. And the, the reason I love this so much is because, uh, you know, us as chiropractors, yeah, we do um, this every know, day. We know that, you know, the brain and the nervous system is the most important part of your body. So just think, you know, your whole body functions all by itself. The thing that drives that is the brain, but it needs a channel or a communication highway to be able to do that, which is your nervous system. Okay. So that's your your central nervous system. Um, Now in your brain, 90% of its output is actually going to your gut function which is, you know, pretty incredible. 90% of what your brain does is going to your gut function. And um, so this uh, this pathway, it comes from the pontomedullary area. So we're getting into a bit of hard neuroscience here. So just, you know, bear with me, which is from the lower two thirds of your brainstem. So the bit that sticks out from the base of your skull there. Um, and it controls the vagus nerve, the pneumogastric nerve and your digestive tract. So if your brain and your nervous system is not functioning well, nothing will function well. Okay. So you'll have poor pancreatic digestive enzymes. So your pancreas doesn't just regulate your blood sugar levels and all of that sort of thing. It also drives a lot of enzymes that digest all your food. You'll have poor gallbladder function uh, and your gallbladder is what creates all the bile that helps digest the fat in your diet. Um, You know, you'll also have complete gut disruption, uh, increases inflammation, uh, the leaky gut syndrome, the whole thing. But remember your nervous system works 
two-way. So it's a two-way highway. But they used to think it wasn't a two-way, didn't they? This is where this is why this has been a slow emergence in this area because they used to think it was like a, a one-way road kind of going backwards with a, a six-lane superhighway going <laughs> outwards. And now they're starting to realise it's a six-lane superhighway going one way, but it's also a six-lane superhighway going the other way too. So everything that's within that's happening within your gut, including this leaky gut syndrome, is going to be inputting information all the way back to your brain. And there's actually a thing that's coming out now. Um, essentially, it's like leaky brain syndrome or where that inflammation from the gut is also inflaming the brain because of that blood-brain barrier. Um, so that whole axis is completely disrupted. Um, and this can happen by any of those toxins that we've talked about before. Anything that will disrupt the microbiome, that will increase the permeability of the intestinal lining, that will disrupt that whole gut function. And, um, you know, this might give you symptoms of things like fatigue, brain fog is a really really big one anxiety depression any kind of mental illness as well can be associated with this gut brain axis disruption um Another really important thing to remember is that 80% of your serotonin, so your feel-good, happy neurotransmitters, are made in your gut, okay? So 80% of them are made in your gut, and so if you don't have good gut function, you're not going to be making enough serotonin, which is going to keep you happy um, and, you know, on an even sort of emotional kill. And we know that so many people are on serotonin reuptake inhibitors because of this, um, so it's well. Let's talk about solutions because I think that um, by now you we've guys covered, we've covered that. Yeah. yeah, you guys get the picture. I mean, if you're not firsthand experiencing these kind of symptoms right now in your life, um, maybe today you've sort of picked up on some of the things we've mentioned and gone, "Oh, hang on, actually, I didn't know that could be connected to my gut." Um, great. Now, what do I do? And so we're going to talk about, um, I guess, the key things that we would love to see you guys uh, take note of and look into ways of how to do this. I generally refer out to a naturopath for, when I say, for full-scale rehabilitation of the gut because it does require some very specific interventions and it's better off not experimenting with that. You're better off getting, you know, expert guidance through that. However, in my own practice, we do, um, you know, I definitely do prescribe out certain bacterias and certain um, types of probiotics and prebiotics according to what that person's presenting with neurologically as well. Yeah, so absolutely. that really guides me as to what I know that person needs. So I love to talk about something that I learned back or oh, years back from an amazing naturopath. And it was talking about this idea that when you've got gut imbalances or dysbiosis, then you want to look at that like you would your own front garden. And so, you know, if your plants are wilting and things are dying and, and you need to sort of get the weeds out and that, we've got to talk about how you'd repair things. So it's called the weed, seed and feed method of repairing the gut. And essentially it's going to go through some key things of removing the problems, repairing and restoring the gut, and then of course replenishing over time those areas of the gut that need to be uh, worked on. So we'll talk about um, the weed, seed, feed process. Um, step one, I mean, so basic, isn't it, Andrea? And it's really probably what a lot of the diet books are talking about. And that's where we talk about removing the offending products and the offending toxins, the offending foods. 
And, and one of the big ones, I've already talked about them, sugar, anything white. You know, you show me someone on a Western diet and I'll show you someone who's got gut issues. It's 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 pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and removing things like caffeine, alcohol, processed foods. So anything that can potentially irritate the gut and cause an inflammatory response is what we're going to start to look at how you remove that. Now, specifically, that's really where we ask you to do a little bit of extra reading, a little bit of extra research, because we don't have time to go through every last little detail of that right now. So that's step one. You've got to weed out the things that are are not working for you. Step two is looking at how we repair and restore the gut lining and that has a lot to do with how we we heal the damaged intestinal lining. Um, To do that though, I mean... The processed food diet is definitely not going to do that, is it? You you have to go right back to unprocessed foods and sources of things like that. Um, Just giving your body the time and the rest it needs to process and repair and heal without you dumping in more stuff that's irritable and irritating. And that's really gluten-free, dairy-free diets are so successful for so many people and they can't believe how quickly they can start to feel better. Um... I think, you know, there's certainly some supplements that are helpful when you're talking about repair and, um, and healing. We often talk about L-glutamine mm-hmm. uh, as a great component. Yeah, um, right. Also, your omega-3 fatty acids, so your fish oils, your creole oils, or anything that uh, is going to give you those uh, omega-3 fatty acids just to help balance off the uh, excessive omega-6 we're all intaking as well. Um, some zinc. You know, it's again immune supportive. It's going to help uh, repair the body tissues yeah, um, and forms of uh, antioxidants such as A, C, and E, just depending on each person's you know individual needs. And um, I mean, gosh, turmeric is is a big one right now. There's so much information coming out about the anti-inflammatory medicinal purposes and properties of turmeric. Yeah, it's a great anti-inflammatory. Um, another one I use as well is magnesium. You know, almost everybody is deficient in magnesium. It's a precursor to serotonin as well. So, you know, that one is a pretty important mineral um, for the gut function too. It's going to help increase that um, intestinal uh, motility. So getting yep. things to move through properly um, and that peristalsis as well. Fabulous. And so that's all part of that seeding process. Now, this is where we have a little bit of split here because when we talk about seeding, we're talking about putting in some probiotics and prebiotics. Um, let's just talk about quickly prebiotics. What are prebiotics? You know, everyone's heard about probiotics, but what are prebiotics? Now, prebiotics are generally things that help to stimulate the growth and development of healthy bacteria in the gut. Um, examples include... Uh, right, so our prebiotics... So anything that's going to put the good bugs in um, at the start of the gastrointestinal tract. Um, So we've got our fermentable foods um, and our fermentable fibers as well. So sweet potato, yam, all of that sort of stuff. Yep, Um, kefir, yogurt, sauerkraut, kimchi. A lot of the uh, traditional societies have their own form. Um, Australian culture, we don't really have a a very good prebiotic version. We haven't been making sauerkraut for the last 2,000 years. But um, I certainly encourage people to incorporate those foods into their diet. So the uh, prebiotics from, from fermented foods is fantastic. We also want to include a probiotic. So this is where we're seeding in the good guys. And there's two different types of um, probiotics or or bacteria essentially there. One is transient, Mm -hmm. which we dump in and it's going to pass through the gut and do some healing, repairing and some work on the way through. And the other one is the colonizing bacteria. And you mentioned already about the fecal matter transplants. They're not designed to just be the transient. They're designed to be the colonizing form. Um, This is where we have a little bit of a problem with some of the -the on-the-shelf probiotics that are out there. There's so many being sold right now. Um, What it really means is that you're going to be taking in these probiotics. They are transient. They 
pass straight through the gut itself, uh, which will mean you have to be on these for the rest of your life. Mm. A naturopath uh, told me that the testing standards for probiotics are actually fairly poor, especially in Australia. Um, so you can pretty much sell anything as long as they can identify a DNA strand in that um, probiotic, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's live or, or going to do anything for us. Or it's culturable. By way so, of you know, unfortunately you do get what you pay for. Um, you do need to have a little bit of specificity when it comes to this sort of stuff and you do need to change it up as well. Not all probiotics are the same. Not all of them will do the same thing as you've mentioned. Um, I know whenever I'm preparing for overseas travel, you know, for example, I'm going to India in a month. Yeah. We take a um, different one. Yeah. I have been doing a different strand of probiotics for the last six months. So every month I I will switch it over and I'll do something different just to make sure that the bugs in my gut are as good as possible. And this is what ensured me, you know, great health when I was over there last time. Fantastic. So that's um, how we colonize the gut again. We put all those uh, probiotics, all the good stuff back in. And now once everything's established and we've got some ratios between the good gut bugs and bad bugs a little bit better balanced, um, we then need to feed that. And that's where it comes back to having a clean, wholesome lifestyle, um, eating plenty of, you know, your regular fermented foods and fermentable fibers. Um, obviously, you know, you also may need to do some things like reducing your stress you know, managing the reasons why the bugs get um, destroyed in the first place. Because if you don't address that, then you back to square one again. So that's that whole process of feeding. In, in its most basic form, when you're in that fight or flight response, it diverts the blood away from your gut. So it can't function very well without that good and rich blood flow anyway. Um, and evidence suggests chronic and acute stress can actually change your gastric secretions, um, your gut motility, which we just talked about, your mucosal permeability, so i.e. leaky gut syndrome, and that barrier function, and all of the gut blood flow as well. So you've got to identify stress and you've got to manage that. I cannot stress that enough. Oh God, no pun, pun there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I think that's, um, that's awesome. I hope that this episode has given you a really good overview of what this is all about. You know, how gut involves so many elements of our health and well-being, um, the impact of leaky gut on the entire function of the human body, the effect on the brain and the nervous system. I mean, far out. If you can change your mood just by the food you eat, which I know you already know because I know you die for chocolate when you want to feel better, um, then you can now see how the bacteria in your gut directly impacts the quality um, of your life. And this is just such a big deal. If you want to live an exceptional life, if you want to feel fantastic, if you want to feel vibrant and, and vital, and I mean, of course, age gracefully as well, then you need to look after yourself from the inside out. So today I would love you to start to have a look at how you can weed, seed and feed your gut to ensure that you have a better quality and better function of um, your little microbial colony inside you there so that your health is a better uh, expression of that as well. And let us know how you go with that or if you have any challenges uh, on the Facebook page, so facebook.com forward slash thewellnesswomen or on our website, thewellnesswomen.com.au um, Yeah, and if you want to hear more of these great topics, please throw some ideas at us. If there's something you'd love to know more about, we'd love to do a topic uh, just for you. And please, if you love what we're doing, give us a five-star rating because this helps us rise up the, uh, the stack pile of all of those podcasts out there. We really want to get our voice loud and clear to as many people as possible, as many beautiful women as we can across the world. And that's really why we do what we do. We just love this and we love you guys as well. So thank you very much for listening in for another great week. And we can't wait to bring you next week's episode. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.